Good morning, everyone. It's a lovely day today uh, up here in upstate New York. We are Norwood Free Methodist Church. Uh, thank you to everybody listening online, joining us, wherever you may be. Um, we're going to do something today that I've never really done before. Um, I'm going to be spending some time reading something out of here. But let me just tell you about my yesterday. I've always told you if God doesn't give me a message, I'm not going to lie to you and say I have a message. Because you don't need messages from me. But I'll just tell you about my yesterday. So here's the thing. Ever since my break, and since I'm learning how to, uh, that, how I feel should matter to me, um, I'm doing a lot of things to try to avoid high, I, I used to put myself in high pressure situations. I don't know if you guys would understand this. Like maybe you're the kid in high school who waited to the last minute to do the thing because you work well under pressure. Anybody? And you're like, Oh, yeah, that's insanity. But that's a couple of my friends. They're going to laugh right now at that. Um, but I, what I used to do is come here and basically like, Lord, are you going to speak? 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 And just, I don't think that's necessarily the way things need to be with God. I think God loves us, and I think he's gentle with us, and I think that was me putting a lot of things on him. So yesterday I woke up, sun was shining in, and I looked down, and there's this book. And Dave Green gave this to me, year, well, not years ago, uh, right around Easter of last year. And so I just felt a gentle nudging to start reading the book. So that's what I did all day is I read the book front to back. And in this book, I had this amazing experience with connecting back with what was most important. Now, from here, we've been talking about self-care. We've been talking about rejection. We've been talking about some really hard digging into sort of things. And then Brenda gets up here, and it's apparent that there, are, there, there is chaos reigning in the world, in the United States. Absolutely. And things seem to be looking worse. And, and then there's marriages that need a lot of help. And there's people with a lot of wounds from, from, from people wounding them. And then I read this book, and you know what it did? One thing. It reminded me what was the most important thing in all of creation, and that was the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. A center of our lives, center of our marriages, center of our parenting, center of our job searches. So I'm going to spend some time today. Oh, look, there's nothing here. I'm going to spend some time today reading some cool parts of this. I'm going to answer the question, not that I'm, I am not qualified to do this. What did it really mean? What really went on on that Friday and the Sunday? We ready? That's good, right? always good to talk about Jesus in church. Yes, absolutely. And a lot, and again, I love the other stuff I do, but if, if nothing else, this helps us to worship better with a fuller understanding of what he did. So strap in. Lord, we need you on this one to help us uh, understand. On the cross. If this is not, by the way, this book is not well, first off, I should give it credit. It's Gene Edwards, The Day I Was Crucified. He tells the story of the crucifixion through the first person. Jesus, as though Jesus himself wrote the book. So what this is not is Passion of the Christ Part 2. Oh, it's gory, it's bloody, and oh, it hurts so much. That's not what this is at all. What it is actually is what went on in the spiritual realm, Mike, at that moment. So I'm going to pick up and just start reading a little bit to you, and we're going to look at some scripture. Chapter 25. So he's on the cross, ready? Out of the abyss of darkness, I heard a voice. Now this is Jesus talking, as beautiful as the voice of an angel. Fallen monsters of the unseen worlds, come to me, I commanded, because Jesus on the cross is still the king of all things. 
The first of three whom I called came toward me. Carpenter flowed the smooth words. I know you. Your slaves are innumerable, I answered. Yes, replied the entrancing voice of the world system. Now, this is world system personified. Should you be surprised? I am the power of all systems. You're the world system itself, I chided, says Jesus. You're chief enslaver of all mankind. Carpenter, you know me well. I came into being soon after the fall of Adam. His descendants had no choice but to come to me, having lost the favored state of your fellowship. And do not forget, you are the one who forced Adam out of the garden. Something had to fill the void. I found it my duty to help those forsaken souls. It's only by their choice that I enslave every son of Adam who was ever born. Ah, but best of all, they know not their chains. They cry freedom even as they drag their fetters through life. Through life. And Jesus says, why are you here, worldliness? And worldliness, the world system says, I've come to watch you die. And as you die, I want you to know that the entire system of this world will henceforth, will henceforth hold within its clutches the enslavement of all mankind forever. I'm skipping forward. Jesus says, tell me, world, who is your ruler? Who is the final Lord? Oh, with perverse joy, I will gladly pronounce his name. Deceiver, the greatest of all deceivers. Oh, my beloved satanic one. He is head of all governments. He's ruler of all my systems. And Jesus says, bring him forth. Second time, the second one he calls is Satan himself. And he says, I'm here, carpenter, and I too have come to watch you die. I've come to seize your throne. By the way, this is all very worth it, guys. Just stick with me. I replied, no, I ordered you here. Your pitiful powers end in the presence of my authority. You have come for me? Furthermore, great deceiver, there's a word I want you to utter. What word would that be, son of God? It's a simple term, but you cannot say it. Call me son of man. There was a resounding silence. You know you cannot call me by, the, by this name, deceptive one. Long ago in a garden, a man was sent to rule the earth. Not a king, not a god, but an ordinary man. It was his to bring you to an end. Yes, and I led that man away, came the nervous reply. None but a man can end your reign, and another man has come. True, Carpenter, but look around you. I've once again gained the upper hand. Today you will die as surely as the first man fell, no matter that you are the son of God. Still you will not say it, will you, Lucifer? This creation belongs to a man, not an angel, and certainly not to a fallen angel like you. You cannot call me son of man. A second man, a new kind of man, even a new species of man has arrived on this planet to take reign upon this earth. A man born of a Jewish maiden has come here to overthrow your, your, your usurping reign. Lucifer fell back in silence. Then changing his demeanor, he cried out, Today, God, I will kill you. No. This man alone will choose his death and destroy you and your dark kingdom. I will find a way to destroy you, son of God, says Satan himself. I, the son of man, have found a way to destroy you. The instant of your destruction will be here on this hill. There is now another I summon here, Lucifer. The one who is coming is one you know well. I call forth sin itself. We following me? Are we there? This has everything to do with you personally. I, sin, have also come to watch you die. But more than that, you're the only soul I have never touched. We not only meet this day, but it is I alone who will be your end. I've come, I've come to you, carpenter, to have you work for me in this hour. This is my hour. I've come to make you my employee. I've never worked for you, said the carpenter. Nor did you come to me on your own. I called you here. 
True, true, screeched Sin, but this day you will work for me, and I will pay you well. I will pay you so very well, shrilled Sin hysterically. With a voice almost swooning with delight, Sin continued, What do I pay? What are the wages? Oh, the wage I pay is so glorious. I do not pay in silver, nor do I pay in gold or diamonds. I pay in death, continued an enraptured Sin. All have worked for me except you, all, and I paid them all the same wage. At last, even you will work for me, even this hour. But until I work for you, you cannot bring death to me, can you, Sin? Think of that. Huge repercussions there. Oh, how do I preach on that? Now sin, like Lucifer, fell silent. There will be found a way, and it will be today, his sin. You will sin. Then shall I bring death to you and pay your wage in full. Do you understand what he's saying? Would death have actually come for Jesus ever? Because the wage of sin is death. So he's implying this. Jesus is saying, you're the bringer of death. You're the one who brings death. What you gonna do? Because I've never played your game was Jesus act? Oh, that's that has huge theological implications, guys. Remember, this is not the Bible; it's a book. Now, continuing. No. Okay, Jesus says this. He goes, "There will be found a way, and it will be today. You will sin, then I'll bring death to you and pay your wage in full." No, I will not deal with you in matters of sins. If I am to deal with you at all, says Jesus, it will not be with some sin; it will be with all sins. There came another scream of hysterical delight. Yes, oh yes, do that. Do so now, Carpenter. Swear it to me. Swear to me that you will deal with me who is all sin. I will gladly give up all my prey, all these other people, in order to see you becoming me. And Jesus says on the cross, Hear me now, sin, Lucifer world. This day I've dealt with the Hebrews. I've dealt with the heathens. And now it's time for you to be dealt with by me. You citizens of darkness, you infernal clan. The one who stood before me was sin incarnate. And I commanded you, the source of all inequity, stand here and listen to me. And sin says, yes, we, the enemies of God, await your end. Behold, all who have again thwarted the carpenter's purpose. Then I addressed the fallen angel and he said, draw near, Lucifer. Long ago, you were my servant. Now you are but the captain of the damned and you wait for, for naught but for your own damnation. Liars of liars, prince of darkness, ruler of the world's systems, head of all religion, government, science, fashion, education, and commerce, you have boasted that you've brought down man. Now so, for it is a man who commanded you here. You shall be found out to be the ruler of nothing. World, approach me. You're the one who brings man into your first snares. Come, come to my cross. Before I breathe my last, it will be chains that bind you. Come to my cross. Each of you has announced that you have thwarted my purpose. You are congregated here to sing your discordant song of victory and to dance upon my grave, says Jesus. Behold, I call yet another to come and stand before my cross. Lucifer turned and began to laugh. He says, pitiful Galilean, you will call forth your greatest failure. You'll bring here your failed attempt at man's salvation. Never has there been such a failure. You would call to a place your efforts to bring redemption to mankind. Your failed attempt at rescuing man only brought forth man's worst frustrations. Let the last thing you ever see, Carpenter, be your tragic endeavor to eradicate the sins of mankind. You see the battle that's taking place here? Ignoring the torrents of the prince of this world, Jesus calls out and says this, Come forth, law. Law, take your place before my cross. And law appeared. Law, stern, cold, inflexible, made its way before my cross. But it was the world who spoke next and said this, Men tried so hard to live up to your demands, law, and most were not only defeated but also discouraged. In their defeat, they found comfort in me, the world system. 
And I said, Law, come bring me your endless list of rules which men are to do or not to do. The world sneered. The harder they tried to do those good deeds, the more they were drawn to do the opposite. Lucifer scoffed, ten things not to do. No, not ten, six hundred and thirteen things a man must do or not do. And let us not forget moons, months, days, seasons, and Sabbath. All were needed for man's salvation. Yes, proudly interrupted sin, but the strength of sin was so much greater than all those demands. Having had their say, I reminded them of one thing of which they had not spoken. You are enemies of Adam's race, but you forgot the lamb. Lucifer fell quiet. I continued, even death could not press beyond the blood of the lamb placed on the doorpost. True, Carpenter, tempted, trumpeted sin, but do not forget that my child, my kin, will arrive here any moment. Then shall we see who has the final victory. Like all lambs before you, Carpenter, you too will die when death arrives. Then shall all your feeble efforts die with you. I have a question to ask you whom I have summoned here. Has it passed your notice who you are? We are your enemies, announced sin, and we're here to watch you die. I have no enemies here, I responded. Those present at my cross did not grasp what I said to them. Those of you who are here have never been my enemies, says Jesus. You are the enemies of mankind. You are those who have dis uh, distracted the race of Adam. Never for a moment have any of you ever been my enemy. <laughs> but you do have an enemy corrected sin with that sin sensed that some awful creature was drawing near yes you do have an enemy carpenter and he approaches even now death is near yes i replied death is very near come death cried sin he bellowed here comes one who can kill god lucifer spoke even as the life seeps out of you son of god there comes one to steal your last breath then you'll be snuffed out forever. Oh, what a blessed moment, smacked Lucifer. There will be no divinity. The universe will be void of all lower life, all but lower life forms in highest death. Death in triumph over life. Death shall reign supreme. Son of God, continued my tormentors, your creation, both seen and unseen, shall fall into death's eternal coffin and under his rule. You know all things. Oh, you know, all, you know not all things, I replied. When death arrives, I have a challenge to lay before him. As I spoke these words, these words, he goes back and he speaks to the thief on the cross. And the thief receives him, right? I think this is the final scene of what I'm going to read to you today. <clears throat> Death, your hour has arrived, I whispered. Come forth from the netherworld. Let us speak to one another, Death, before we both die. He comes, he comes, my child, come, screeches sin. Come to me, my son, your mother calls. Come from the east, gathering all that is filth. Come, come from the west. Death is the son of sin. That was wild to me. Death, sin gave birth to death. Get it? Sin is death's mom. It only became because of it. It's its offspring. So sin is elated that death, this monster, comes to the cross of Jesus Christ. Bring together all blasphemies of time and eternity, says sin. With bloated arrogance, sin declared, I smell his rotting fetter. There's no one like him. He's the greatest of all gods. He is my forever companion, says sin, speaking of death. Worldliness turned its face in shame. The principalities, the damned demons, and the unclean spirits gasped for breath. Never before had all sin been confined to such a small space. The very earth shook in uncertain horror. 
Sun and stars closed their eyes. Jerusalem shook in terror, as did all the pilgrims of the Passover. Even Lucifer looked away. From this unholy scene emerged this seraphimic monstrosity, death. There's none so proud as you, O death. Come and tell us of your greatness, I coaxed. Let them see your fair, exclaimed Sin, so prickly, so sickly proud of her son. He is God of all gods. Listen to him. Let him tell you that which is true. And death began his soliloquy. And he goes on for three pages talking about how amazing and wonderful he is. Sin was in ecstasy while death was intoxicated with its own pride. Carpenter, you've declared that you have but one enemy, that all others are the adversaries of mankind. And it's true. They've been victorious only over the sons of Adam. Now behold me, your enemy. I am your victor. Death, are you finished with your self-exaltation, says Jesus on the cross? Seraphimic ruler of the underworld, you are my equal, so you say? You can kill even God, so you say? Of this one thing you are correct, this is the final battle. Life versus death. Death versus no less than eternal life, gloated death. Our final battle, if I win, will be the eradication of, of, of the life of God. Or should you lose the eradication of death? I exclaimed. It shall never be, bellowed death. I will kill divine life, and it shall never be known again. So shall it be, or so you say, I replied. At that moment, the cup appeared. The cup that's mentioned in the Garden of Gethsemane. Even death could not look upon the spewing venom of its contents. Out of his mind, with perverse joy, death began to chant, My hour, my hour, at last my hour. The last hour that will ever be. Death, I ask if you can kill me, says Jesus. Yes, 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 I can, I can. Can you kill me without the cup? Death whimpered and fell silent. Then never forget, it is by my will alone that this cup is here. Yeah, you getting it? At that moment, the cup was poised to pour its contents into me. The rage of all sin began to fill every cell in my body. My heart, then my mind, began to falter. I, who had never sinned, who was unacquainted with transgressions, was suddenly becoming one with sin. My end was at hand. I had not only taken sin into me, I was becoming its incarnation. I knew my life could not long endure. When I cried out in my delusion, death knew this was his moment. Death then bellowed his fiendish glee and plunged toward me. My body and soul were ablaze with what was now pe permeating my all. With a body on fire, I heard myself cry out, I thirst! One of the soldiers grabbed a sponge, and in the only act of mercy of that day, he plunged the sponge into a sour wine, looking as he did, looking as he did it for some way to raise it to my mouth. That moment filled my last sight. John, is ca John had cautiously made his way to the hill and was standing next to my mother. John, this is your mother now. Mother, this is now your son. My sight failed me. I was blinded by the contents within my soul, and in a moment, I would not be human. I would be sin. I lived before you ever existed, I said to death, as he squeezed me in his clutches. Poor death, there are things that took place before you existed of which you know nothing. It matters not, death vaunted. It matters all, I replied. In that final moment, I commanded those who were present from the unseen realm. I said this, step forth, world system. Come into my very being. You, world, shall die with me. Lucifer, principalities and powers, and all whom you had, come into me. Law, you have been fulfilled. Now come into my bosom. Adam's race, all that was touched by the fall, and creation itself come into me, and be one with me. 
death. Be my servant. Put to death all that is now with me. Come religion, that which strives to be good but is never but is ever failing. Come, death. Take religion, the old man, and the self-nature, and make them your prey. Die upon my cross. Come, all of you, die in me. You've now encountered the most destructive power in creation, my cross. Put me to death, I command you. Death, look at me. I am become the fall. All that is created is crucified within me. Oh, but there is one left. Death, as you take the last breath from me, I have a surprise for you. Death, you are now mine. As death wrapped himself about me to snuff out the last ember of my life, I whispered to death, You are not death. Is there not one greater than you? None, froth death. Is there not one who can put death to death? There is no such one, screamed death. Not true. You have for so long called yourself death, but I was here long before you. I tell you now that you did not know what you did not know them. I am disguised. You, death, are not are but a shadow. You are not death at all. You are a picture of me. No, death, you are not death at all. I am life. It is true, but I also am the one who is true death. And at this moment, I am death to you. Oh, death, be now surprised. One is, one is greater than all your vaunted claims. The one who can kill death is death indeed. Today I kill you, death. You thought you came for me, but it is I who came for you. Then when death be dead, then shall sin also be dead, along with the principalities, the world, Adam's race, and the law. As death dies, the law will be forever dead. When death is dead, creation meets its end. And if death be dead, then who shall hold the graves? There will, there will be life for all who were once your prey. Death, hear me. There will be only one who inhabits the dominion of the dead, and that'll be you. Death began to feel his power draining away. His eyes blazed in horror. I have crucified the world. I have crucified sin. I have crucified law. I have crucified the race of Adam. I have crucified creation. And I have crucified all else that this hour entered into me. Death cried, I take comfort in this. I am also killing the Galilean. That is satisfaction enough for me. Let me end here and now. But carpenter, you shall lie in the grave beside me. Death screamed and screamed again as he sank into his grave. His last desperate utterance, if I can hold you for three days, Carpenter, then I will hold you forever. While everything I am that was not sin had fled from me, I cried out, Elahi, Elahi, lama sabatani. A bystander thought I was calling for Elijah. The soldier had found the hyssop branch and was about to lift the sponge to my lip. Hold, let's see if Elijah will come and save him, someone said. One last scene passed before me. I watched all creation and all within it die upon my cross. And then I heard the voice of my father. Well done, my dear and faithful son. Hearing my final words, hearing my father's words, I cried out, it is finished. And in the last second of life, I released my divinity to the father. Father, into your hands, I entrust my spirit. And just then, the curtain dividing man from the Holy of Holies ripped from the top down. Now, can we comprehend a little bit of what was just there? We see a picture of Christ. Did he ask a single thing? He commanded at every turn, didn't he? To me. So on the cross, Jesus goes, Lucifer, now. You want to know why? Because that's the king of all things. 
Remember how on Good Friday I always I think about your mom, Mike. On Good Friday we don't leave here sad because Jesus is the one who orchestrated this whole thing. So on the cross in the spiritual realm, this book, remember this is not true, you know. He calls forth the world system, sin, the law. Let's look at our first scripture. Let's back up some of this. But Jules, does it help you get a better pic like a picture of it? <clears throat> When you were dead in your sins in the, in, the, in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, which means uh, uncommitted to God, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us, stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. He nailed the law to the cross. Now, that does not play well with church, what I just said to you, and what, what Gene Edwards just showed. He took the law itself, put it inside of him, and put it to death having had it fulfilled. He nailed it to the cross. Now, I'm going to propose something to you that could be dangerous thinking in church, right? Which is this. Then why do we still have the law? Why do we still approach Christ through the law at times? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? What is the law? The law is what? Behavior, isn't it? It's the rules. I mean, did you hear in the book, Lucifer was mocking Jesus with it? So these rules that you think you need to follow, just throwing it out there, look at the last line. He nailed it to the cross. This is a big deal. So when you let the law beat you down because you're not behaving the way you're supposed to, is that accurate? No, this is challenging. We don't like it. Because a lot of churches call it easy believism. I've heard that one before. A lot of other churches call it greasy grace. Oh, that's disgusting. I don't even like saying that. That's disgusting. Because if you've met grace and you put that insulting word next to grace, here's the thing, though. This is what I was doing yesterday. As the sunlight came in, I couldn't tear myself away from this book. I want to worship Jesus for everything he did for me. I want to understand everything he did. You get it? And if I'm still approaching God through the law, then I'm acting like he didn't nail it to the cross, aren't I? And when he said, to Telestai, it is finished, everything that needs to be done for God to be eternally pleased with me is done. And so this actually does play into rejection and things like that. Because now we see this picture of Jesus commanding these vile, awful things. Everything bad about you, everything bad about you went into Jesus Christ and he dropped it into the grave. Do you understand that? Now you ready for this? For three days in this, I don't know how theologically accurate this is, but here's the picture. Everything goes into him. Death wraps himself around, and they fall into the grave. You get it? So he wraps everything inside of him. Death wraps around him with his claws, and he drops it all into the grave. The law, sin, the world system, death, Lucifer, dead for three days. And he goes on to say this, that the disciples are sitting around and, and, and the women who, if you look, the women are the ones who are really intuitive. Mary, Mary, and whatever. And Martha, probably. And they're going, Saturday probably felt like all of creation was on pause. Or like everything just stopped. Like the world stopped spinning for a minute. Because he's in the grave, you guys. So, so, so if he stays there, Death wins the victory, doesn't it? Do you understand that? And everything he took down there, if death keeps him down there, death gets to live on. But then there's this light that appears and the shaking 
in this rumbling and it grows and grows and grows so that every molecule in all of creation and every galaxy understands it. In the book, the angels become very terrified. They have no idea what's happening. They're like, do we draw swords? What do we do? And the power of God raises Jesus from the dead. But let me ask you something. Did sin raise with him? Did death? Did the law? Did the world system? So just Jesus walks out of that tomb. Your sin in the grave. The law that was there to judge you and have you have an opinion about you? Still down there, guys. Right? And even Lucifer, the powers formed against you and your kids and your grandkids? Down there, right? Under the feet of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the next slide, please. He literally, what does it mean to bear something? I'm going to bear the weight of this. I'm carrying it, right? He carried our sins inside his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. Now why do some of you when you read that think that means try harder? Now, listen, man, I don't, I don't know. All I know is this. When I read that, I'll tell you what I didn't do. I didn't continue thinking about the things I struggle with and the things other people have said to me and being uncertain about things. Here's what I thought of. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done for me. And I don't want to waste another minute letting anything convince me that I'm not fully accepted and loved and safe because of what you did. I don't see AJ Daniels name anywhere in any of this. And you know, what's weird. I didn't see any of your names either. I think what happened was all about Jesus. It was all about creator God doing these things for you. And all he's ever asked for us to do is just receive that it happened. Right now. Here's the thing. You know what that means? That means you stop taking it back and thinking that you can influence what happened on that hill far away, right? Guys, do you see I'm just trying to speak freedom here? You know, I wasn't going to do this, but I want to read you the next part. It's fun. It's actually very fun. And I didn't cry at all through that. I'm really proud of myself because <laughs> I was just a weepy mess yesterday. Like it was just red underneath. I didn't know if it broke blood vessels or what. Okay, you ready for this? <laughs> this is a cool scene. We're going to go check, up, check in on the angels. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's only been seconds as men count time, and already so much is changing. I cannot but wonder, mused one of the angels, does the disappearance of this door mean that we'll be able to go back and forth to earth as we once did with Adam? You see, because when the veil ripped, the door between... The spirit, the unseen realm and the seen realm disappeared. Or more asked another, shall we see mortal beings setting foot in the realm of the spirituals? I could not so imagine, replied one of the angels. Perhaps you're correct, agreed another. There was a pause. All the angels looked toward the missing door into earth. One startled angel blinked and asked, pray tell, what is that I see? Whatever it is, it seems to have only this moment appeared. It seems to be coming this way. 
forbid that fallen man should gain entrance to the habitat of the heavenlies, exclaimed the rather concerned angel. But what is that? I have no idea, responded another angel. Could it be an angel of some kind that we've never known? No, it's too far. It's way far, far, far too bright to be an angel. Perhaps it's one of the vanished cherubim? No, too bright for even that, said another angel. Besides, cherubim are fierce. This appears to be trying to express some kind of overwhelming joy. It's not a cherub. It cannot be a human, can it? Of course not. Fallen men are not allowed in the realm of the spiritual under any conditions. Well, whatever it is, it's coming this way. Then perhaps we should prepare to make flight? Why? Because whatever it is, so bright, so holy, we may not have a right to live in its presence. Well, whatever it is, it is really making a great deal of noise. Quickly, who else has ever been in the realm before? Well, there was Enoch. Yes, and who else? Well, Moses looked upon our realm, but he didn't come in. Then there was that visit by Isaiah. Yes, but he only stood at the edge of the Holy of Holies. Elijah? No, Elijah saw a host of angels girded for battle, but he did not come in. Anyone else? Well, Solomon saw our realm. David also glanced into it. But none just walked in? Not as far as I can remember. Look at this one. He's most definitely on his way here as he comes up the stairway of the clouds. He stumbles, runs, and stumbles again. Look, now he's jumping. He's definitely coming in here. I've never seen such conduct, mused another of the angels. As I said, we may have to find some other place to live. For one thing, has there ever been such purity and holiness? By now, the entire angelic host had moved <laughs> to the unguarded entrance to the heavenly places. What lights? The angels were dumbfounded with awe at the one approaching. He's transparent, called one of the angels. I think that he can see both realms. I think he belongs to both realms. That's not possible. Well, at least it was not previously possible. There is no doubt the one coming this way thinks he has a right to be here. What light? repeated one of the angels. I believe he can see us. Is that possible? After all, we are invisible. I thought something like this would happen if the wall between the two realms disappeared, and it has. I miss having that door, <laughs> cried one of the angels. I do not like this vast, unguarded space, cried another. Can you hear him? I believe he's speaking to us. Should not at least one of us draw a sword? Pray tell what good would that do? Is this the end? It appears to be more like a beginning. His light is growing brighter. The angels began shielding their eyes. Are all of you angels? He asked. It's speaking to us. Am I an angel? The approaching creature paused and slowly looked around. No, I guess I'm not an angel. I, I think I used to be a human being. But oh, look at me. I've never seen such innocence, purity, and perfection, whispered one of the angels. He does not seem to be aware of how beautiful he is or how bright the light is. Where am I? What am I doing here? Who are you? Please, pray tell, what, what am I? Dare we speak to him? You've never seen anything like me, have you? You are the first, stammered one of the angels. But I, I have an idea you will not be the last. As to who you are, I would, I'd be pleased to tell you, but I do not know who or what you are. I, I, uh. He told me I would be here today. Is this today? The mouths of the angels fell open. One said, at last we know who you are. Another said, that is not possible. After all, remember what he was. He was an old thief. An old lying, cheating thief. Now I remember, exclaimed the thief. And oh, 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 he did. He remembered me. We know who you are, dear one, but we were a little surprised considering that you were what you, you were this evening. I'm a thief, or I was. What am I now? You are the first of the redeemed. 
You are the handiwork of Christ's redemption. That is what I am, exclaimed the former thief. I have another question. Am I as beautiful as I think I am? (laughs) Even more so, replied the angels, altogether as one. Am I as bright as you are? No, more so, much more. We've never seen been that bright. Never before have been able to see places which cannot be seen, observed the thief in wonderment. Are you sure I'm the only one of my kind? Yes, we expect many more of your kind. You are the first of your species, another angel informed him. I think I died. I was on a cross just a few moments ago, but now look at me. Am I in paradise? Well, this is at least paradise, replied the angel. Perhaps it will be even more, but we'll know in three days. In fact, with your arrival, we're sure that this will be much more than paradise in three days. At those words, the child of God grabbed one of the terrified angels, embraced him, and began to dance. Angels do not dance, observed one of the heavenly hosts gruffly. We do now, replied another. I do not know who I am. I do not know where I am. I do not know what I am, but I sense I am not what I used to be and that I am wonderful and beautiful, he shouted. Suddenly he paused. The one dying next to me said that I would be with him in paradise, but he also mentioned something to me about a book, a book of life. Is there something called a book of life? Oh, also, there was something about being known even as I'm known. With that, the angels rushed to the book of life. Just as they had expected, the very first name written in the book of life was that of the thief. The angels began to shout praises, joined by peals of laughter. They burst into a crescendo of song, as rarely known before. I'm the first of what, he asked. You are the first of those for whom we've been waiting throughout the ages. We've long awaited for this day to come. One last question. You're called angels. What am I called, he asked. You are called a a holy one. And that's it. Can we clap for that book? How good was that? That's not me. That's Gene Edwards. I did my best to read it well for you, but isn't that amazing? Oh, thanks. I actually held back the voices. Death was going to be more like this. <laughs> like when I do my stories for my kids. Isn't that cool? They see someone. You want to know why he was as bright as he was? Because he took Christ's righteousness upon him, right? That's your destiny in Christ. That's your destiny. So let's, let's shut it down. Whatever you're facing today, man, let's rejoice. We're going to sing, what is it? Overcome. And praise Christ for what he did. That's what we're doing here today. Let's go. Just a suggestion from Uncle AJ. You better lose your mind in worship today for what Jesus did for us. Seated above Throned in the Father's love Destined to die Poured out for all mankind God's only Son Perfect and spotless one He never sinned, but suffered as if he did. We'll give you honor and glory, Lord Jesus. And all authority, every victory is yours. All
thank you that you took this, the world system, that you took the law, you took sin, you took death, the deceiver and all the darkness, and you put it right in the grave. We thank you now. We have, we have unfettered access to you and the Father because of what you've done. Lord Jesus, just help us to exercise that and understand that it truly is finished. We thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. You're worthy of all our praise. You're worthy of all our praise. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you because you're worthy. We love you, Lord Jesus. Let's just sing that chorus one more time. Savior, worthy of honor and 
glory, worthy of all our praise. You overcame. We love you, Lord Jesus. King Jesus, awesome and powerful. Thank you for all that you've done. We love you. Amen.